This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. You just posted a bonkers picture, Jim, to the Taz and Jim Facebook page. I love seeing photos of unsafe loads going down the highway, rednecks, you know, rigging up the craziest contraptions to try to haul a couch or something away. And this is a local one. I don't know if it's the 403, but it's somewhere outside of Woodstock, Ontario. The cops have a guy pulled over. He's driving a fancy car. I can't tell exactly what it is, but it looks like a nice new car. On the back, he has a hand dolly, you know, something you would use to move a fridge. It's just got the two wheels, and you lean it back, right, to move heavy loads. Yeah, yeah. And the dolly is somehow attached to the bumper. The trunk is open, and on top of it is a hot tub. The hot tub is one-eighth of its way in the trunk, and then it's resting on the dolly with the plastic wheels that are four inches in diameter. And it's vertical. Like, it's, like, straight up. It looks like it's 10 yeah. feet tall. The it's hot tub's ridiculous. on its side. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Kudos to the uh, the police officers who decided it might be a good idea to pull this person over uh, before something went terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, and they what must have been on the thinking? road for a while. In the comment section, this was posted to a Woodstock, Ontario theft Facebook group, wondering if this was some sort of thief, which would be the biggest Somebody heat score st- of all time. Somebody stole someone's hot tub. <laughs> and somebody's like, yeah, I drove by these idiots today, so I guess they were out for a while that people must have called the cops on them, you know, because it's just so outrageous. It looks kind of like a divorced, a recently divorced guy who just took what he needed. He's probably got <laughs> golf clubs in the back seat. He's got his nice new car, and he's like, there's no way you're getting your new boyfriend in my hot tub. That's right. I'm not leaving. You keep the house, but I'm taking my hot tub. Oh, my God. I want to find out the story behind this. Brad joins us. Good morning, Brad. Morning. You saw the hot tub mover? I did. They were just outside of Woodstock on County Road 2 there, the old Highway 2 that heads from Woodstock to London. (laughs) Did it look more ridiculous or less ridiculous in person? Oh, it it was ridiculous. Like, just flat out. Like, I didn't know what was going on. It looked like someone had rear ended. It was, I think it was an old Porsche. I thought they'd got rear-ended by someone, and it, like they were towing something that got ramped up on the back of the car. <laughs> it, uh, no, it was a no, Porsche? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah it's a sports Porsche. car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're moving a hot tub with a Porsche and a dolly. They just had some lumber. It's... It looked like just some lumber attached to the back of the car that was holding the dolly. Like, oh, yeah, super sketchy for sure. I'm, I'm trying to imagine it taking a, a corner, not only because it's super top-heavy, but, like, there is no there's no neck on the trailer to make a turn. So it must be, like, skidding along <laughs> as you turn. It's just the craziest thing ever. <laughs> that yeah, is the... By, uh, that's... Judging by the looks of it all, they didn't have much to lose. But, hey, if you got a hot tub, you're going to have a party. <laughs> a portion of that is tub, a, baby. That is a midlife crisis on wheels, right there. <laughs> body break, body break, How can you listen to that song and not want to go for a kayak ride or do some cross country <laughs> skiing? Absolutely. I love body break. All Canadians love body break, and we've got. An icon here with us, one half of the uh, the duo, Hal Johnson, is on the phone. Good morning, Hal. Good morning. Last time we had you on, we were talking uh, Amazing Race Canada, I think. Uh, you, when you're competing <laughs> against our good friends Jet and Dave from London, Ontario. <laughs> yes. 
And this time around, we're talking about something a, a little more serious, a different kind of race. Uh, the, the racism that you encountered early in your career, you put out a video that uh, has been watched thousands of times across the country, around the world this week. Uh, you felt it was important and now was a good time to share your stories about some of the uh, the challenges being a black man trying to break into broadcasting in the 1980s was. Yeah, I just felt compelled. Uh, I had gotten a lot of uh, phone calls from a lot of my white friends, uh, Jet included, <laughs> one of them actually. Uh, he uh, he called me and we just talked. And uh, it's just interesting uh, that um, a lot, some of the friends would say, you know, well, what can I do? Uh, I don't understand. I don't want to say anything wrong. And that got me thinking that, yeah, I should say something. I didn't know quite what to say. And then kind of at the last minute, I I was uh, um, doing some shooting um, um, with these two gentlemen, and, and I, I just suggested to them, hey, why don't we take 10 minutes and we'll just shoot. I just want to shoot something, uh, talk to camera, and uh, talk uh, about how Body Brick started and um, the origins of it. So essentially that's what I did. It, it also made me think back um, about, about my dad, uh, and uh, he wanted to get into broadcasting you know, a long, long time ago. In fact, there's a name, Johnny Esau. I don't know if people ever remember that, or older people might remember a broadcaster at uh, CFTO. And, and Johnny Esau um, actually thought about, you know, uh, hiring my dad. But back then in the 60s, there's no, there's no chance. Uh, but Johnny yeah. Esau was very positive about that. I can't imagine the emotions you went through that day you applied for a job at TSN. They told you that you were hired, and then later in the day they called you back and said, oh, actually, we changed our mind. We've already got a black guy. I've never seen Hal, Hal Johnson angry. And even in this video where you're talking about this unbelievable racism that you faced, you do it. Your spirit is just uh, uh, so positive. What were you feeling that day? Well, you know, I was obviously I was um, uh, frustrated. You know, you have your head down for a little bit, and you know, shake your head. You get uh, you know a little bit demoralized, but you got to pick yourself up. And you know, I know people have said this to me since they've seen the video. You know, and you know, how did you feel that day? And what they have to realize is that I wasn't. I just didn't become black that day. Right. I've, I've been black my whole life. And I've had incidents and things like that over and over and over again. And you develop scar tissue. You develop this that, you know, and, and there's two ways you can go. You can let it push you down or you just get up and move on to the next thing that you have to do. Um, you know, I, I know I've talked with pinball, uh, Clemens and stuff, and it, it's, you know, it's, it's all about attitude, you know, and you've got to, you've got to have a positive attitude and, and you're going to get kicked in the teeth. And, and that, that applies to not just black people, not just minorities, but persons with disabilities. It, it applies to to women um, who you know who are trying to fight through the way through. So it's it's not just me and my story. It's it's a lot of different people and many many people across the across Canada and across the world. What gets me, and I, I know we've been hearing a lot about white privilege, and this is this is probably my white privilege. Like 1988. Uh, to think that they were so upfront about the reason they weren't hiring you, like to tell you that it's because you're a black man, that's why you're not getting the job, that's why they wanted to replace you initially with a white guy uh, if they, they were going to pick up, if TSN was going to pick up Body Break. 
it, it's, it doesn't seem like that long ago, and they're telling you to your face, it's because you're black. We're not giving you this opportunity. Yeah, I mean, today, uh, you know, they wouldn't say that because they'd be afraid of being sued um, for, for that. This gentleman felt um, open enough and compelled enough, and he felt that, well, he was, he was still giving me the um, opportunity to sell it to TSN, but here's how we have to change it because you're black. So he was thinking of it, uh, you know, from a, let's say a creative level. But more importantly, I don't, I don't look at him. I don't have any malice at this person who I, I, it's funny. I remember Jack Hutchison, the gentleman at TSN who wanted me as the sportscaster. I remember him. I remember his name. Uh, I, I remember his face. I couldn't tell you if I picked out of a police lineup who, who this person was at TSN who rejected us, who, who told me that. Right. I couldn't because I just let it go, and and it just you just let it go. And so it's it's really um, that I look at that person and and think and thought at the time this guy's just scared. He's not a racist. He's just scared. He's afraid to make a decision. He's afraid to do something that's a little bit daring at the time. Uh, he's afraid. And, and what, what perhaps you don't understand is I've gotten literally hundreds and hundreds of, I think it's in the thousands of Twitter messages uh, and on, on our YouTube channel uh, where the video uh, is uh, from people of color who say, you know, you two are the first Inter, interracial people I saw. You two were, Hal, you were the first black person that was on regular on Canadian television that I, I connected with and, and so forth. And so that, you growing up, you saw TV normal, quote unquote. But a person mm -hmm. of color or a person with a disability um, doesn't see themselves on there. It's, that certainly has changed over the years, but back in 88, it wasn't that way. Well, in 88 and, and in the 90s, I was a younger person, and I'd see you and Joanne. To be honest, I didn't even realize you two were a couple until I saw you on The Amazing Race, and I was like, yes, th they finally got together. I was rooting for those two to hook up. I mean, all that exercise they were doing, if they did, <laughs> it's well, got to lead to something. That's, well, you have to realize it's funny because that incident with TSN – put scar tissue in our heads um, mm -hmm. in a sense because it was like okay well first of all I'm not that you know oh here's our here's my girlfriend and you know we're doing this together I would we wouldn't have done that anyway but I I don't I, I quite honestly I can't tell you whether we we never hit it um, but did we think that it could be detrimental to it because of what happened at TSN, um, yeah. you know, I thought I don't you were know. just two I, I, pl active plutonic friends. <laughs> well, and the number one question we we have ever gotten by far is whether we're married, and it, constantly, 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 and we would always. And what we would, what we did finally is we thought we we're all getting like on interviews and shows and everything. So people would ask, Oh, are you guys a couple? Are you guys married? And we'd look at each other and laugh. <laughs> That's great. And just, we, we, we had fun with it as opposed to, you know, and so we just kind of had it going as a, as a running uh, kind of gag. But Joanna and I were um, together. Uh, basically uh, we first started dating in May of, of 88 and, we're together since, so it's uh, 
you know, that, but I, I, don't, I can't tell you um, if we hit it. I don't think I did. I, don't, I wasn't, certainly wasn't ashamed but at all, and neither was Joanne. Um, but you just wonder, hey, it's not important. That's kind of what we, we felt. We're just out having fun, and that's what we wanted to show people. Al Johnson from Body Break is on with us, and he put out a video on online earlier this week talking about racism he encountered early in his career. And I, I was curious to know if anyone from TSN has reached out to you to apologize. Is that something that would mean anything to you at this point? Well, you know, my point for the video, um, to just to understand, when I started to roll, roll when the camera started to roll, I didn't... I didn't even know what I was going to say in terms of I was going to, was I going to say a, a television network and just leave it at that. It just rolled out of me, so it wasn't. And I wasn't trying to accuse TSN. I mean, the, the, TSN has been purchased and sold, you know, three or four times. The management is not the same. Nobody's the same there. So except Michael Landsberg, mm-hmm. he's the only guy that's been there. <laughs> Michael <laughs> he does a great job, but uh, but. Uh, uh, they, they had no. They apologized to send out an apology on Tuesday, um, and uh, Vice President from TSN called me, uh, you know, profusely apologizing. And I said, "You don't have to. I, I, I don't need an apology. I'm not a victim. Um, you know, I, I tried to look at it as a positive. This gentleman told me this, so I went to participation that afternoon. I called them because he said that. I thought, who would think me being black and Joanne white?" a real positive, and that's when I thought, Joanne said, let's go to participation, and then within within five weeks or six weeks, we had a contract with them, and uh, kind of the rest is history. So uh, I, I don't, I didn't need an apology, no bitterness, uh, but it was funny, my mom, she's 86, she, she says to me, she goes, well, I, you know, it took him a long time. Thirty years. That's right. So I had a I had a real laugh at that. So uh, that's either from my from my mom's perspective. So that that was funny. Well, Hal, we appreciate you sharing your perspective with us this morning. We're also glad that you're not dead because every time somebody's name starts trending <laughs> over the past few months, people start freaking out. They're like, oh, my God, is Hal okay? <laughs> uh, but thank you for joining us and being so open about this subject. Uh, we truly appreciate it, okay? Great. Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Body break. Body break. Uh, Jim, I saw you tweet this out last night. Ever accidentally poke your dog in the eye when you're playing and it doesn't phase them at all? Yeah. It ha- this is happens to me. I'm boggled because if I get poked in the eye, I'm done for like 45 minutes and <laughs> struggling. Everyone's in a while you're playing with your dog. And the, the, yeah. Or get sand in there or anything. So I'll just be playing with my dog, Bruce, and, you know, his head's wagging wing, around or something like that, and something happens, and I realize, like, I take my index finger, poke him directly in the eye, and I always go, ooh! And then he never, it doesn't affect him at all. Like, it never like, happened. Like, are their eyes made of, I don't know, something different? It's It's unbelievable how tough their eyes are. Why don't you just stop poking the dog in the eye? It's easier said it than like done. You're doing this on purpose now. You're fascinated with the fact that he doesn't react. <laughs> uh, are you purposely poking your dog in the eye now? No, Jim? 
I would say in two years, it's probably happened a solid poke five times. Uh huh. Um, and I'm just blown away that like I feel so bad every time it happens, but it doesn't affect them at all. I don't know a lot about dogs, but I assume that their eyes have a different uh, a different makeup than ours do, just based on the fact that they bury their faces in other dogs' butts all the time. And if humans were to do that, then everybody would be walking around with pink eye nonstop. <laughs> yeah. So dogs' eyes obviously are uh, a little more durable than the human eye. Yeah, and if you throw a ball into a bush, they don't blink. They go straight in, eyes open. And so they're getting sticks in the eyes all the live long day, too. <laughs> Leave your dog's eyes alone, you weirdo. <laughs> it's a, everybody on Twitter said it happens to them all the time, too. I'm getting tons of responses. I guess it's a common thing. <laughs> dog's eyes, very durable. Yeah, here's one from Sam. Hey, maybe he likes it. I feel so bad with my dog. I'm like chasing him around and apologizing. Sorry about your eye. And he just wagging his tail. And he's like, do it again. It's crazy. Dogs <laughs> are the best. Dogs are the best. You can poke them in the eye as much as you want. No, it's like it's like it's like the the old joke. It's like, what's the difference between like a dog and your significant other? You can lock your dog in the basement for four hours, and they'll be happy to see you when you bring them back out. <laughs> you and Bruce the dog have really bonded since your girlfriend Sarah moved in. I mean, Bruce mm -hmm. technically is her dog, but you seem to have kind of taken over here. Uh, I want to run down a list that I found online, the 10 most common arguments that couples have about the dog, hmm. and we'll see if any of these are going on right now in the Jim Kelly household. How's the pool doing, Jim? Haven't checked in on the pool situation in a while. Haven't opened it. Needs a new liner. Told the told the so lady friend. I, no, I I said I would get a quote from somebody. I haven't called anybody. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm not a big pool guy. I I like having one. It's you know it's fun to have. It's it's a lot of work. Um, and it, my pool is on its last leg. So it's like, do I reinvest on something I'm not that passionate about? So I I don't know. Do you blame me for this situation that you're in? Because I did point out that uh, that house with the pool a couple of years ago. I said, "Man, look at this great house. You should move into this place." But you know, remember I said I don't want a pool, and you said, "Shut up." <laughs> look at the backyard. I said, you love it. You know? yeah. But this is when you're a single guy. I'm like, imagine being out at the at the bar and being able to say, "Hey guys, you want to come back to my pool? We'll party." I didn't know you were gonna fall in love and have your girlfriend move in with you. I never would have recommended the pool. <laughs> I know. A pool as a single guy would have been amazing. But I only had it yeah. for two months in October, like starting in October. If you have kids, a pool's great because you can yeah. throw the kids in the pool, tire them out. I know uh, in the summertime, a lot of uh, teachers who are at home with the kids uh, and they want them to burn energy. They can sit in the lawn chair, and, and the kids can just play all day. It's great if you have kids. If you're a single guy, again, great to have a pool because you can always have a party, and people want to come to your place and, and hang out, and it's it's a lot of fun there. But, yeah, you're kind of in that awkward spot where unless mm -hmm. you're swimming laps every morning, it may not be worth it for you to open the pool up this year, Jim. Yeah, I would jump in it after cutting the lawn 
once once a week, maybe once every two weeks, I'd jump it, and that was it. And then when you have to clean it multiple times a week, you're like, what am I doing this for? Why? And I live next to or pretty close to a splash pad and a public pool anyway. So if the, I mean, okay. it's not the same as having your own, but if the kids need to well, be burning energy, there you go. If you, uh, if you as a single man are hanging out at the splash pad, that's not a good look. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just me in a six pack, some zinc on the nose, hanging out. Jim putting his lawn chair right over top of the the geyser that shoots <laughs> out of the ground. <laughs> chugging Refreshing. Some, uh, Chugging some light beers and getting some rays. <laughs> Got a list here, Jim, of the most common arguments that couples have about the dog. Okay. You were just telling us that uh, you've been accidentally poking your dog Bruce in the eye, and you're fascinated with how resilient his eyeballs are. Uh, he's getting used to it so much now that, uh, like the Three Stooges, he puts his eye in the middle of, or his hand in the middle of his face, so I can't get to his eyes anymore. <laughs> so you can't poke them both Doink. at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, number ten on the list: fights that couples have about the dog. One person thinks the other plays too rough with the dog. Yeah, too I got that yesterday. Rough, <laughs> rough. I literally, literally got that yesterday. She's like, "Why do you pick him up by the neck?" Because I always wrestle with them, and I kind of had him one arm yeah. around the belly, well, one arm also, around the you're, neck. You're, you're poking him in the eye on That's a regular a, again, basis. That happens to every dog owner. They, their right. heads are crazy. <laughs> they wiggle around and stuff. Number nine, arguments about the dog. Disagreements on training techniques. Number eight, if the dog should be allowed on the sofa. He's all over the sofa. I'm assuming down down there there's one about the bed. Uh, which is a recent one that we got into. Yeah, number seven, actually. Next one on the list. The dog stealing someone's spot in bed. Dude, I I, I mean, I love the dog, and it's fun. You know, hey, jump on the bed, bro. Oh, he's warm at my feet. It's cool. But, like, there was so much hair on the bed, and Sarah uh, had him in um, her bed, which she was in the apartment the whole time. Uh, before yeah. we live together. So she was used to it. She loves it, especially when I leave early in the m- m- morning for work. Uh, but I had to put the kibosh on it. I had to kick him out of the bed. She was very emotional and upset about it. But Speaking it of the much. bed, another argument that couples have about the dog, who has to get out of bed and go deal with the dog if the dog's making a ruckus mm-hmm. in the night? And we have the same thing going with with the baby right now. It's the baby starts crying, you elbow each other. Who's gonna go take care of the baby? Who wins that battle in your house? Me, only on the basis of I have to wake up earlier. So, uh-huh. and it's technically her dog. So <laughs> I can see you dropping that one. In there, yeah. <laughs> she does not. Well, like it. it is your dog. <laughs> not wanting to walk the dog together as a couple. Number five. Number four. Having arguments about how much dirt the dog is tracking into the house. Mm-hmm. Had that one too. Yeah, but there's a towel at the door now. One person gives the dog too many treats is number three. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're both spoilers. We both. He's yeah. got plenty of treats. Yeah. Number two, who has to pick up the doggy do when they drop one? Uh, that's who. She does all the backyard cleanup, like when he's walking around out there. But I generally walk him, so I feel like I'm doing more of the poop cleanup. Who has to walk the dog is the number one argument that couples have mm-hmm. about you the know, dog. 
this is a kind of a bitter one too because basically man the dog like they need they need to walk for a solid hour and the, the energy's pent up for a while and if he doesn't go out he starts humping stuff so she works till 5 you know we work till like 11 a.m. so he i i got to walk him or he's annoying the hell out of me all day i enjoy the walks don't get me wrong but i do feel like i'm always walking him I hear that Sarah wants you walking the dog as well because if you don't get your hours walk in, you you're also humping stuff, and she doesn't <laughs> want to have to deal with that either. She does not want that around. No. <laughs> Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 530 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.